Hey there, We Can't Wrestle Podcast listeners. If you haven't noticed, we have switched our server to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Oh yes, Dan Housen here. Very nice, very evil, very famous. Here to tell you that you, hopefully, are listening to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Yes, it is a wonderful mix of wrestling history, discussion, and comedy. Yes, very good. Isn't that nice? Well, anyways, if you're not listening to it, how do you hear Dan Housen say this right now? But nevertheless, if you're not listening to the We Can't Wrestle podcast, you're cursed. <laughs> Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Nate Maxson here with you, along with my brother Aaron. Hello. And please do excuse the audio, the radio station and blasting in the background and everything, but we are actually doing this show... From the Heroes and Legends Wrestling Show in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Lots of stars here. Well, not yet. The show hasn't started yet, but we are here looking around. (laughs) I see Francine. We were just talking about Steve Lombardi as we walked past the Brooklyn Brawler. And Aaron mentioned, holy crap, that guy has seen everything and knows everybody. Everybody. I didn't think about it until I saw him. Yeah. I was just like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) You don't think this fucking guy knows absolutely everybody. Everybody. And he's he's probably, he knows, he knows things. That, he knows where the bodies are buried. Yes. And it's fucking I'm just crazy to think about. It's amazing. <laughs> and he looks, looks like a dude. Yeah. yeah like a looks, dude at the bar. Looks like you're a regional manager. Yeah. Relaxing. <laughs> it's insane. But before we uh, embark on the journey here, I'm hoping some people will come by our table and say hello but um other than that before before we do that before we embark on our adventure today i told aaron let's talk about people that we regard that word legend gets thrown around a lot legend Uh, some guys this people say are legends not really big big stars big stars when i think of a legend i think of an iconic figure in pro like I'm wrestling. Not, I'm not saying nothing, but we're here at the Heroes and Legends and Kevin Thorne. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Neither hero nor, hero nor legend. It's <laughs> alright. Neither hero nor legend. That's funny. Ain't getting my 20 bucks. <laughs> but um, I came up with five. I, I got them in my dome here. I know you have your list prepared. I always have a list. And the first guy that comes to my mind... When I think of professional wrestling legend, it's Gorgeous George. Yeah, he wasn't on my list, but he's the guy that, um, how do I want to say it, like, um, and I know guys, I say, how do I want to say it a lot? It's my... How do you say... How how you say... Chicken? Like, that's exactly how you say it. But it's just, that's my nervous tick, is how how, how do I want to say, um... He's the guy that you wouldn't if you didn't have Gorgeous George, you wouldn't have Ric Flair, you wouldn't have Buddy Rogers, you wouldn't have uh, it's it's out of left field, but you wouldn't have like Jesse Ventura, Superstar right. Billy Graham. He was the first guy that was like, you know what, this is show business. Yes, he knows his business and it shows business. <laughs> so yeah, get your filthy hands Yeah, and he, he was the first guy to do merch. Yeah. Yeah, the hair, the bobby pins. Yeah, like the Georgie pins and all that shit. Used his va- had a male valet. Yeah, and shit like that. Yeah, that dude was the fucking bomb. <laughs> I 
I haven't seen. I've only seen what I can see of him. You know. Yeah, obviously. I've seen them. I've seen Gorgeous George versus Bobby Brown. Yeah, like. it was on that little <laughs> fucking videotape we used to have. Yes, that was awesome. When we were kids, we thought it was funny because the guy's name Bobby was Bobby Brown. Brown. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not the humping around, Bobby yeah, Brown. It's like, what are you going to do in this match? It's none of your business. It's my prerogative. It's my prerogative. I'll do what I want to do. <laughs> so if there's nothing else on Gorgeous George, who's the first guy you got there? Okay. Um, I will tell you here in a second. Um, I went a little, I don't want to say different with my list, but legend. When I think about, like, legend, like, nobody compares to these people. Mm-hmm. Um it, the first guy would be Andre the Giant. Yeah, he was on my list. Yeah, well, he's not anymore. <laughs> people, he's on mine. people that aren't wrestling fans, and that's another thing to me that was one of my key indicators for is this guy a legend? Do people who aren't wrestling fans know who this cat yeah, is? Yeah, everybody knows who fucking Andre the Giant is. Yes. Um, a, go ahead. I, I was just gonna say, every, everybody knows who he is. Everybody know like if you see his picture. You know that's fucking Andre the Giant. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also when when you talk about legends and shit. Like even if you don't know, like you said, even if you don't know wrestling, you know the fucking Princess Bride. Andre yeah. the Giant was in it. You know that. Um, uh, hey guys, how hello? you doing? Good. How are you? Good. That. Um, uh, what was he in the sixty million dollar man or yeah. whatever, like shit like that? But. At the end of the day, Andre the Giant is, and uh, lost for my words here for a second, but he um, he just it's like supersedes professional wrestling, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, above the above the business. Yeah. You know, you, you, they always talk about you know you a guy gets bigger than the business. Andre was bigger than the business, an icon, and um, yeah, I mean. The other, the other person that I'm thinking of here in the same vein as him, you, you gotta go with Hulk Hogan. Yeah, and he's on, obviously was on my list, so I'll take him off of there. But Hogan is Hogan for all his faults and all his lies and everything that he says. Hulk Hogan is professional wrestling. Yeah, and there's no denying that. It's 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 the same story I tell every time we talk about Hulk Hogan, and I'm gonna tell it again. They took pictures of the President of the United States and pictures of Hulk Hogan to Africa back in the 80s. And every one of them could identify who Hulk Hogan was. But most of them didn't know who Ronald Reagan was. Yeah, and um, he's also... I know we're talking about just legendary-wise or whatever, but look at the the money and the, the merch and the... like. I, he's not the greatest wrestler of all time. Never will be. But you can't deny the fact that this dude changed. It's kind of okay. He's kind of like this is out of left field, but he's almost like George's George. Yeah. Where George's George changed it in his era, and then uh, um, um, Hogan changed it in the '80s. Yeah. And changed what professional wrestlers are supposed to look like. Well, I shouldn't say supposed to look like, but, like, if you draw a wrestler, you're going to draw Hulk Hogan, you know? And 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 not not just that. The other similarity between him and Gorgeous George is the, essentially, the era of of big-time wrestling on TV. Like, Gorgeous George ushered in that first 1950s, the Dumont Network or whatever, and Hogan, Hogan and Vince McMahon together brought it back to prom, prom, prominence yes. with the general public in the '80s. So definitely Hulk Hogan. All right. Or as that as that girl at WrestleMania 19 says it, Hulk Hogan. Yeah, the Coolers girl. Or Rock. Yeah. <laughs> Canadians don't know how to say Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. <laughs> it's like you're lucky. You're pretty. <laughs> and then the other one doesn't even say the Rock. She's like Rock. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> Um, ready for my next one? Yes. All right. And you might think this one's out of left field, but I put him on my list for a reason, and it's Vince McMahon. Okay. I do not have him on my list. He should be on your list because um, the reason I put him on as a legend is for all the negative shit people say about him, even the people that work for him and stuff. They still say the minute 
the first time they met Vince McMahon, they were like, holy shit, he's real. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this guy is a real, like... He's not a cartoon character. He's not character. a cartoon character. This is a real dude. And anybody that anybody that says they didn't, I think, is lying. Because pretty much they say when that guy is in your presence, he owns it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Even and people even people that... Don't like him. Don't like him. Say when you're in the room with Vince, he, he owns, owns the room. It. And you're like, holy shit, I'm sitting on Vince McMahon's couch right now, and he's telling me what I'm about to do. Yeah. Like, um, Punk, I've heard him, like, he talks shit about WWE and everything like that, but I've never heard him be like, how do I want to say, like, I've never heard him be like, I wasn't in awe of Vince McMahon. Right. You know what I mean? And, and like, this dude is, is, like I said, for all his negatives that they can say, especially right now, professional wrestling wouldn't be what it is if Vince McMahon wouldn't have did what he did. So do you think in 20 years we'll be talking about legends and say Tony Khan? No. <laughs> I don't. Not that I hate Tony Khan, but Tony Khan to me is... Um, I, Tony Khan has potential, and he, mm-hmm. he could... Uh, but to me, he's like a, like a Bischoff or a Crockett, something if, like that. It feels to me right now, and I don't want to get off on a tangent, but just while I'm thinking about it, it feels to me like right now he has gotten away from letting Omega and the Bucks and them like do the creative because the shows have vastly improved over the past. Ever since Punk showed up, pretty much, they it's have. Like, it's, it's a different something's going on differently creative there. But I don't think that Tony Khan will ever be like Vince McMahon, right? Where. Every if you don't if you don't want to do what I want you to do, get the fuck out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't I don't see that ever happening, and I don't see any promoter ever being the the status of Vince McMahon. I mean that dude created every like there. This this is gonna sound nuts, but we wouldn't have a Heroes and Legends convention right now if Vince McMahon wouldn't have done what he did. Yeah, because. Yeah, was Territory Wrestling great? Yes. Was Territory Wrestling better than what it is now? Yes. But these guys, like an Al Snow or a Kevin Thorne, wouldn't be able to go to Fort Wayne, Indiana and still make some money signing pictures. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. They'd have to be... Well, Al Snow probably could because he's from Lima. (laughs) But they would have to be in their regional area. So... For everything everybody wants to say about Vince McMahon, he's he's the fucking man, in my opinion. The, the next guy that I've got going on here, as far as legendary status goes, I'm 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 once again going to the old old dusty days, not Dusty Rose, baby, but some old some old dust here. Lou says, yeah, Lou says. I think that that you know when you think of the perennial NWA champions, you think of Terry Funk, you think of Lou says, you think of Ric Flair. Uh, Harley in Harley to an extent yeah but yeah Luthez um, is um, I don't obviously like you said about Gorgeous George you don't see everything from Luthez mostly just clips clips and <laughs> things like that but um, like when every time somebody brings up Luthez I always think about what Freddie Blassie said in his book um, excuse me Blassie talks about how, like, because he, he, he doesn't completely defend the WWF, mm-hmm. but he talks about how what wrestling became, people dog it, but it's 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 great, you know? Yeah. Like, he's a, Fred Blassie's an old guy that got sports entertainment, and he says that about Lou. He goes, people talk about, like, oh, this, this, and this, and, oh, you got to watch it. Back in the day, it was so much better. He's like... But people always think about Luthez. And he's like, and I understand people bring up Luthez. He's like, but nobody talks about all the boring shit <laughs> you had to sit through to get to Luthez. Right. You know? And it's, it's almost like, it, it, it not not boring, but it's almost like the Attitude Era where people think of it fondly, but you don't think of all the ridiculous, stupid, shitty stuff you had to sit through to get to Stone Cold and The Rock and yeah. Mankind. 
You know, and that, that's not the wrestlers I'm talking about. I'm talking about the stories and the booking. Yeah, well, Blasty was talking about the wrestlers. <laughs> but, yeah, he said, like, like, and and um, he's a guy that, he's not like a Hulk Hogan where you say his name and everybody knows who he is, but in professional wrestling, everybody knows who the fuck Lou Fez is. Yeah. And um, his legendary status can be to the point where um, Vince didn't, put over a lot of people that didn't work for him but Vince had him on TNT yeah and understood that this is Luthens mm-hmm. and he didn't bring him on and like humiliate him or make him do some some stupid chicken skit or something like that he just brought him on Lou tell us about your shit you know and it's I think it's the only time he was ever on anything with WWE he, yes WWF but yeah Vince was completely respectful didn't go hey tell us what you think about Hulk Hogan or anything <laughs> yeah, like that he, didn't he just, do that thing yeah yeah he just put the let the guy talk and put him over next for you um next guy for me is uh the undertaker <laughs> I had the Undertaker on my list. He should be on your list. I mean, and, and, and he's like, um, didn't mean to cut you off. That's okay. But it's almost like um, how wrestlers are with Vince. They're like, oh, they can tell you this, this is the first time I met the Undertaker. I know exactly where I was at. I know what the weather was. I know what I was wearing. And I was like, holy shit, that's the fucking Undertaker. Yeah. How many guys, how many guys have you heard in shoot interviews and or even WWE produced stuff, which sometimes can be a little sugar coated? But anyway, you know they're all legit. How many guys have you heard say, "Man, I got to work Taker." Yeah. You know, then they decided I got to work Taker. Yeah. And you know what else Undertaker did over his thirty some year career? I would say in our lifetime, because we saw Andre, but we saw Andre at the end of his career. I would say in our lifetime, Taker is the biggest icon and the biggest legend. He is, and it's the greatest—it's the greatest gimmick in the history of professional wrestling. And another thing that doesn't get brought up enough about him is how unselfish he was and how many guys he fucking made. I mean, I was uh, talking to a buddy the other day. We were looking at this Jeff Hardy action figure, right? And it's—you saw it—the one with Triple H and Jeff Hardy. Yeah. And I said, when I see Jeff Hardy in that outfit. I think about the fact that there was a night that The Undertaker made Jeff Hardy on that Raw, yeah, that ladder thing with the yep. He met fucking made Jeff Hardy that he night. He did. Jeff became and, a made man going and, against The Undertaker, and he would like whoever who you got, who you want me to put Edge. over, or just anybody. <laughs> like oh, okay, um, it's like uh, Bruce Pritchard has said a cut. I don't know everybody, whatever on Bruce Pritchard. But he said Undertaker would look at him all the time and be like, man, you took fucking 20 years off my knees and shit. Because, like, oh, oh, we got Kamala? Okay, give him to Undertaker. Bundy? Oh, Undertaker. <laughs> John Gonzalez? Oh, give him the Undertaker. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And and he could take um, the, the old expression, chicken shit, and make a chicken salad. And... Even if Undertaker has like a bad match, it's still not a bad match. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like his match with Giant Gonzalez at WrestleMania Nine is not a good match, <laughs> but I still watch it because it's fucking entertaining. Mm-hmm. And he is—it's a character that should not have had legs. Like that character should have lost to Vent or, or beat Hogan. Lost to Hogan, and then you don't see him again, and he comes back as something else. And that that and that character um, is a testament to the fact that guys talk about all the time. They they saddled me with a shitty gimmick. They saddled me with a shitty gimmick. Well, I mean, I'm not saying that Glenn Jacobs could have made Isaac Yankum an icon, but what I'm saying is, you you do with you do it. You know what I mean? You, yeah. you do what you can do with what you're given. And and to the mo- and I and I said Undertaker, but almost I'd, I'd say Mark Calloway. Yeah. Because if you would have put, um, how do I want to say, like Dan Spivey, okay? Oh, he's he's the same size as as Mark, you know. Mm-hmm. But if you would have if you would have made Dan Spivey the Undertaker, you probably would have got what I just said. Bring him in Survivor Series. Beats Hogan a year later, and loses the belt back to Hogan. 
and then the Undertaker. Maybe jobs, gone. maybe jobs out to Warrior, then he's gone. yeah, and then he's yeah. gone. But Mark Calloway took that shit to the fucking moon. If they would have put that gimmick on anybody else, it wouldn't have worked. Well, I'm out because you had a couple of mine. I know you've got a couple extras there as yeah. backup. Um, the one guy I just kind of mentioned, but and to me, it's mine. It's Fred Blassie. Yeah. To me, like Fred Blassie is. Um, my favorite person, I mean, obviously I never met him, but professional wrestling-wise, to me, Fred Blassie is my favorite. I know all Bobby Heenan. Bobby Heenan's great. Mm-hmm. Jerry Lawler, great. You know, but to me, it's like Fred Blassie's the best. Well, and he's also a legend in that he was also a crossover star, you know? He was on Regis Philbin all the time, and... and um, uh, the stuff with Andy Kaufman and yeah. uh, you know Blassie was uh, and he was he was I, I say iconic iconic status for him because a, a unique look definitely a unique personality um, funny as hell funny motherfucker <laughs> man that dude was um, understatedly funny with the so shit that he would doing? do and I just I really 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 love everything about Fred Blassie. There's no there's no hitch to his game. Even like when I watch like sometimes you see like oh this guy and then you see clips of him or you watch old matches from him and shit. You're like eh, he was a good personality, but his match was kind of boring or whatever. But Fred Blassie was awesome in the ring. Mm-hmm. He's great heel. Um, this dude caused like. Was like heart 97 attacks. people in Japan to have heart attacks because yes. they saw him on TV. And when they said, "What do you think about giving 97 people heart attacks?" He said, "I wish I could have got it up to 100." <laughs> That's my only regret. It's, Obviously, he was sad that these people died or whatever, but like I'll, his character, he was like, "I wish I would have got it up to 100." Fucking filed his teeth so they'd be like fucking fangs. Mm-hmm. That dude was fucking great and. Um, he he was unfortunately um, older when the expansion happened and everything like that. But I mean, some of the best shit you see in early WWF, like on TNT and this, that, and the other thing, is it's Fred Blassie's involved in it. Yeah. And um, oh, if you haven't, everybody, check out. Fred Blassie on Advice for the Lovelorn. Oh, yeah, he's, he's the Hulk Hogan. He's stone ugly. <laughs> when he's like... Is is Fred Blassie the one that Vince gets the, the note about the late... They're doing, trying to do Superfly splash yeah. in the bedroom? Yeah, and he's like, that could be dangerous, depending on your angle or whatever, and what's going on. Vince is fucking losing yeah. it. <laughs> and it's just Blassie just riffing, man. Mm-hmm. And, and that dude is fucking great. I love Fred Blassie. Um, one I'll bring up that I don't, I don't know though if he qualifies as legend or not. I'll tell you whether he does or not. For me, he does, but it's hard. To, you know, you, you when I'm making my list, I'm like, well, maybe. But I'm thinking about popularity with the mainstream people and not just me as a wrestling guy. You know, one of my favorites in the history of ever is Jerry Lawler. But would you say Jerry Lawler is a legend or just an icon? Or Jerry Lawler's a legend. I think so too. If we're talking in the professional wrestling business, Jerry Lawler's a legend, and he's a guy that did everything. Yeah. Everything. There's not very many professional wrestlers that can say they did every single thing there is to do in wrestling. And I guess I I was wrong. He did transcend with the Andy Kaufman stuff. Yeah. You know, so... um, Promoter, booker, wrestler, commentator, like, the dude did everything. And, um... He even said that in his book that Vince McMahon told him that when he looks at Lawler, he's like, "I see myself." You know what I mean? Like you're one. You, he like he said Vince connected with him because Vince told him, "I connect with you because you you've done everything that I've done." Mm-hmm. You know, and well, actually, Vince has done everything in the business. Well, that's what I'm yeah. saying. That's why Vince <laughs> said. That's why Vince said that he connected with Lawler because he's like, "You're the one guy that has been where I've has been. been where I've been." And um, just great. Um, 
I, I had a thought in my head and it went away. But you know, Jerry's Jerry's a legend. I mean, you're not gonna go down the street to fucking you break we fix and be like, hey, do you know who Jerry Lawler is? Or I say, I have no idea. Do you ask anybody in this building that's a professional wrestler about Jerry Lawler? And every single one of them is gonna tell you about interaction they had with the guy and um, uh, 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 a really good testament to Jerry Lawler is he's a guy that um, the entire clique put over. Like, there's not a lot of people that can say everybody in the clique liked me and everybody in the clique puts me over. But there's like, they they talk, there's like this, it wasn't something they really promoted on the network, but it's it's just called The Click. And it's all of them. Like Kevin Nash, Shawn Michaels, Waltman, uh, ex- it's just said Waltman, but like uh, Gun, Dog, they're all on it, and they're just sitting in a room talking, bullshitting. And one of them brings up Jerry Lawler, and they're all just like, "That dude is great," you know. And it's like Waltman. Waltman was like, "That dude, he's like, he's the baddest ass some bitch in wrestling." And they're like, "What do you mean?" He goes, "He's been doing that fist drop for fucking fifty years with no knee pads." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it's fucking amazing. <laughs> And Waltman's the big-time worker of the group, so yeah, you know. and he's like, no knee pads, and that guy's been hitting that fucking fist drop for fucking 50 years. <laughs> well, Tough as some bitch. Is there, got one more guy. Okay, I was going to say, is there anybody else you want to call out before we wrap this segment? One more guy, and um, I put him on the list because it was kind of like we were saying with Steve Lombardi, that this guy knows, every, well, knew everybody. He's not with us anymore, but um, it's Pat Patterson. Yeah. Um we were talking about Vince's success and everything Vince wouldn't have had the success that he had if he wouldn't have had fucking Pat Patterson with him Mm -hmm. and I think Vince McMahon would probably tell you that same thing if he was here right now like when when the man is like this is the man (laughs) you know what I mean and like just think of all of the shit um I, I think we talked about it when we passed away that dude um, basically helped write my childhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, everything... Gene Okerlund was the soundtrack, and, and, and Pat and, Patterson and, wrote yeah, it. Yeah, he wrote it, and, and, and Gene went on audible.com and spoke it to us, you know? <laughs> and Jim Johnston provided the music. Yeah, and, and it's like, Pat Patterson booked... Still, think about this finish from the 80s that you really, really loved. It obviously is in the NWA, Chances are that was Pat Patterson. Yeah, you know. Oh, this is a great angle. Chances are that was Pat, Pat Patterson. Patterson. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just that dude. I, so many people owe that guy their fucking career, mm-hmm. and and they'd all tell you that. So Pat Patterson is like right on the same level as like a Fred Blassie for me. And plus, like fucking dude is entertaining. He's funny. And um, sorry, Yahoo. sorry, Wahoo. Yeah. Um, the other thing is like everybody says that you know, like him and Vince were buddies or whatever. And everybody that went there that has bad shit to say about the WWE or WWF, whatever you want to call it, ninety nine percent of the time would be like, but Pat was cool. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like Vince was a dick or whatever. Kevin Dunn's a dick. Pat was cool though (laughs) and I think it's because Pat loved professional wrestling and loved the guys in it and he just like I said he's the he's the soundtrack of my childhood or not soundtrack the the story of my childhood is Pat Patterson absolutely alright well we'll wrap this segment up we might record some more as we maybe have some stories about the show that we're here like I said we're at Heroes and Legends Wrestling in Fort Wayne Indiana when you're hearing this it's already over but uh, yeah. if you ever get to get to one of the shows, I definitely recommend it. It's always well run. Um, it's a good time. So, well, that being said, we'll wrap this segment, and we'll see you all in just a few. The We Can't Wrestle podcast. The King listens to it. WWE Hall of Famer Jerry the King Lawler. And you better listen to it, too. My friend Nate and the We Can't Wrestle podcast. So we just got done meeting Steve Lombardi, the Brooklyn Brawler, who we talked about earlier in the show. That's right. And um, I said something wholly inappropriate to Mrs. Lombardi. Uh, She was telling me that um, 
on the table there, the brawler had the pants that he wore, you know, at Madison Square Garden and et cetera, et cetera. And, and I said, boy, this, those pants sure have seen a lot of history. And I thought to myself, Nate, That's nasty. <laughs> why did you just say that to this genteel woman? Yes. Who, uh, I wonder what it's like for somebody like, say like, whatever, I'm not a worker, I don't know. So I'm just, what came to my mind and what I wanted to record here for a second was, what, uh, I wonder what it's like, like what kind of an adjustment it is for a spouse whose who's, uh, um, other path worked a schedule on the road like someone like a Steve Lombardi does, and then now he's just home all the time. <laughs> That's probably annoying. <laughs> I guarantee it's annoying. Like you think, you know, they probably get used to that life where they only yeah, see him, like, you know, you four or five away. days a month. You need to month. go away. Um, or like the the everyday things that they encounter every day probably bug the shit out of the wrestler. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. Yeah, that guy mows his yard every day at eleven, or every day, or every whatever. I'm, nah, I stumbled over my words, but like little things that happen all the time in everyday life these guys probably don't know about when they their wives or husbands even at that point probably look at it as everyday shit but to them it's like it's terrible <laughs> Steve Lombardi's like what's with this lawn mowing crap yeah, like they do it all the time man <laughs> trying to sleep yeah but yeah Brawler was cool he's a nice guy yes um, Missy High was cool. Kevin Sullivan's cool. I still have to go see Sullivan. I haven't been over there yet, but yeah, Aaron got to meet Missy Hyatt. He got a trading card signed. Uh, she did a. Uh, <laughs> oh, Aaron's God. Aaron's. Oh, lots of you. You know, at wrestling conventions, ladies and gentlemen, you gotta people watch. You gotta, but yeah, it's just bad. Yes, it's thrust upon you. The people watching. It's that thrust upon you. Thrust upon us. <laughs> thrust upon his belt, <laughs> his waistline. Yes. <laughs> and guys, guys, if you're out there, please. It's okay to have belts. I have belts. I have belts. But don't wear them. Don't put them over your shoulder and walk around. Like Hi guys. You're the, Hi hello. There. But you're the fucking world heavyweight champion. You're not. You're not- Bob. You <laughs> suck and live with it. That's going to be the name of this episode. You're Bob. You suck. Live with it. <laughs> All right. There's a check-in. Yes. Check-in here from Heroes and Legends Wrestling again. Like I said, if you are hearing this show, it's already over the convention. But the next time there is one, I'm sure we'll be coming back. And we hope you will as well. Well, well, well. You can't wrestle. So what did you do? You went out there and you started a podcast. You got that right. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. And I am Brian Pillman Jr. The We Can't Wrestle podcast is a podcast about wrestling and a bunch of guys that don't know how to do it. But I, Brian Pillman Jr., am very good at pro wrestling, so I don't need to start a podcast called the We Can't Wrestle podcast. But I'll gladly put my name on the brand. I'll gladly go on the line to say that the We Can't Wrestle podcast is one of the most informative, most balanced, non-biased podcasts out there. Thank you very much, and have a good listen. All right, so we're uh, back here on the We Can't Wrestle podcast, Heroes and Legends Wrestling Edition from the convention. And, you know, if you go to a wrestling convention, one of the things that you commonly see are collectible stands and things of that nature. We are actually uh, sat here at the uh, table ourselves next to William White, who is the owner of Dollman Collectibles and also a member of our Facebook group. And if you're not in it, why aren't you in yeah, it? What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Thanks for being a part of the uh, the group, Bill. But uh, it got me to thinking because I don't know if we talked to, did, when we talked about Vince when uh, we talked about Vince being responsible, like, there would be none of this if it wasn't for Vince. That's another thing that there wouldn't be if there wasn't for Vince, is these collectibles. Yeah. This, this whole industry of wrestling. You know, everybody knows Aaron and I are, you know, with our, we're both collectors, our association with the asylum and et cetera, et cetera. So through that, you know, we're collectors also. And uh, yeah, that would be like the wrestling merchandise thing. I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, technically 
they were doing Hogan shirts in AWA, but Hogan was. That was just. And then Vern tried to steal his money. <laughs> well, he did. Hogan said he went to Japan, came back, and he's still selling the shirts. He wanted his cut, and Vern wouldn't give it to him, so he said, "Fuck it." Vern was like, "Huh?" <laughs> and, but yeah, I mean, um, and Hogan, like I said, Hogan should be part of that too. Yeah. That dude. That dude was the guy that started it, man. That Hulkamania shirt. That was the first thing. And uh, I think um, if he would have stuck around, Slaughter would have been the same way. There would have been a lot of Slaughter shit. Because, I mean, he had shit before he even left the WWF, and he understood likenesses and shit like that. Like, Hogan and Slaughter, I think, are the first guys that were like, you know what, I got this image. It's unique. I can do something with it. Well, until recently when they made those Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes figures, um, Slaughter was the only guy that had an LJN, WWF-style action figure when he wasn't with the WWF. Like, it was like a mail-away thing or whatever. And, of course, now it's worth like $1,200 or some shit. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He was was a marketable star. And that's... It's just that's where I think that, like I said, Vince McMahon gets a lot of heat that he doesn't deserve. He did he, he opened a lot of doors for people to do other shit. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, like how much money did like the Crockett's leave on the table because they didn't understand? It. Right now, um, every every single week, Dusty Rhodes would be out there with an American Dream shirt on, but they never sold them. Or they, <laughs> if they did, it wasn't to the extent of what it should have been. It'd have been like. Some iron on thing. Yeah, and like like I said, I know, and and they started doing it when Vince started doing it in the eighties, and I wish I could get some of them old NWA shirts and shit like that. But it's nobody understood the marketing of it, like Vince. And that's because Vince brought in outside outside of wrestling people yeah. that knew those in you know, and, that, and that's the thing too. Um, and it's where he's lost the plot now. It used to be okay. We're gonna bring this guy in from this company and um, uh, how do I want to say like okay this guy was in this company for he worked for fucking just name some company I don't know but anyway Disney yeah this guy it would have never happened but this guy worked for Disney and his job was figures Mm -hmm. okay well we brought this guy in because he knows how to sell action figures and um he didn't necessarily have anything to do with the wrestling aspect of it, but he could sell you figures. Right. You know what I mean? So, but that's where he's lost the plot now. Now it's like, now he's bringing people in that have no idea about the wrestling business and they're running the wrestling business. Yeah. That's where it's fault. That's where it's faltering. I never had a problem with it saying, oh, well, we got this guy or this guy from this business no. coming in here and doing this. It's like, well, because that's your business side of it. What I have a problem with is like, oh, this guy, he wrote for, uh, he wrote for uh, uh, fucking uh, How I Met Your Mother, and now he's writing, writing Raw. It's like, no, that's not how yes. it works. Yeah, you can have people from the outside do jobs that are... Their jobs. Yes, but you don't want somebody from the outside writing wrestling. Yeah. No, that's not the conversation you wanted to have, and that's how I feel. No, it's fine, but it was just, it was the, it was the grander point of the whole thing, and there is an entire... There, for people who begrudge Hulk, or who begrudge Vince McMahon, and to a certain extent Hulk Hogan, but begrudge Vince McMahon, there's an entire industry of things. That's what out I was going to say, and it just might not make sense. But it was the wrestling business until Vince took it over. Then it became the wrestling industry. Yeah, like this is a machine, and we're gonna just put this shit out and make fucking shitloads of money. Exactly, That's my thing. Like no. You never hear anybody bitch about Vince's money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> they just bitch when they're not getting it anymore. Yeah, when they're not getting it, then they're a piece, then that's a piece of shit. But when they're getting that money, they're cool with it. Yeah, there are very few there are very few people that. Um, I mean, I can say Punk. I mean, I'm not saying Punk didn't enjoy the money, but Punk was willing to say, "Fuck you, I'm leaving. I'm out." Yeah, but after he got enough money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He couldn't have afforded to do that in 2007. Yeah. But once he had enough nest egg and enough cachet and name, then he could do it. But he didn't do it when they were when he said, the, oh, they treated me like shit when I was in ECW and made fun of me. Oh, da, 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 da. 
once he got his money, then he was cool. Mm-hmm. All right, see ya. <laughs> don't anybody, nobody gets into wrestling to be um, the dude wrestling at the pavilion the rest of his life. They get right. into the wrestling business because they want to make money and become a big star. And I'm glad there's other places to do it. But yeah, like I said, I want to knock Vince. I don't want to see this just sound like we're just blowing Vince all night. <laughs> no, we should we should on Vince when he deserves it's it too. A, it's an industry, and it's because of him. Yep. All right. All right, Aaron. So. The next thing, first of all, folks, just so you know, we're here at our table at the Heroes and Legends Wrestling Show, and uh, Aaron sold the DVD, so he said he made his first five bucks in the wrestling yeah, business. My only five bucks. Congra- <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> and now you're out. You're gone. Yeah, you're done. done. You're done. Yeah. Like, it's like uh, when Barry O was on Donahue, and he was like, if you, squir- if you squeal, you're, you're done. You're <laughs> done in the business. You're done. I'm done. I'm yes. done. Made my five bucks. I'm done. <laughs> The, uh, the reason I'm recording now, though, is we were talking about uh, a couple of the people that are here. We've already mentioned Steve Lombardi. I got to meet Super Crazy, which is one of my favorites of all time. So let's talk about some of the stars that are here and our thoughts on them. How about Juventud Guerrera? What do you think of Hoovy? Um, I enjoy Hoovy. He's not, like, not, I wouldn't put him in the top of my luchadors or whatever, but he was enjoyable. And he was actually a luchador that he's wearing his mask today, but I thought he was one of the guys in WCW that actually made him better when he lost his mask. Really? Yeah. See, I'm the opposite. I, I, I always I, I thought he went downhill after lo- losing the mask. I love the feud with Jericho. Or maybe it's because uh, not too long after that, Vince Rousseau got his hands on him and he started doing the juice thing and all that, yeah. and that was kind of annoying. But... Uh, you know, he was in uh, in the Mexicals. Yes. Don't tell Kyle Army, yeah, though. Kyle Army doesn't know that. Because <laughs> he was never in the he WWE. Never in the WWE. <laughs> um, our hometown boy, Al Snow, is here. One of the Al Snow is one of the great underrated, like, bell-to-bell workers of all time. Maybe yes. he's not underrated. Maybe I just think people underrate him. But. He is, and he's also, like I was telling Nate, the dude is fucking jacked to the gills now. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, he should not be in the shape that he's in. He um, he was one of the guys that, I'm going to say, he embraced and benefited from the Attitude Era, too. Yeah. Because before that, I mean, obviously he was, they didn't know what to do with him. The Leaf Cassidy, that Avatar thing. Um, I mean, he didn't do himself any favors falling off the ropes. Yeah, but, but they shouldn't have put him in that position to begin with. Yeah, and they also... He benefited from the Attitude Era, but he also had a detriment to it because it was a great character, and then WWE got their hands on it, and they were like, well, we got to put our WWE tweets and shit on it. And I know you were talking earlier how it's a business and everything like that, but the, the concept had kind of went away, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, then they started doing just like, where he'd come out with like the spiral. Yeah. And he had pretty non-distinct music. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and a side note, Aaron got Al to autograph a trading card for him, and he also did an autograph as head. Yes. So that was I'll, pretty cool. I'll post pictures of that later. <laughs> Kevin Thorne. What do we think of Kevin Thorne? Uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say, not much. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, to me, and I don't know if it was just the length of his career or whatever, but he never did anything that stood out. And maybe he just wasn't around long enough to do anything that stood out. He never did the... It's not that he wasn't around long enough. It's that he had too much stuff. Like they did too many different things with him. Nothing stuck. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Mordecai had legs. They could have done something with that. But they didn't, obviously. And then they made him a vampire. It's like, that's a kiss of death. That's your gangrel. You ain't gonna pull that shit off. Yeah. One of my favorites is actually going to be here. He's not here yet, but the Pope Elijah Burke, one of my favorites of the modern era. I've always been a big fan of Elijah Burke. I like Elijah Burke as well. He was like one of the good things about ECW, WWE, mm-hmm. ECW. Actually, I actually even, Sylvester Turkai. Yeah, I was about to say, cool. I actually liked it when they had them with that Turkai dude. I don't know yeah. whatever happened to him, but. 
No idea what happened to Sylvester no Turkine. He ain't here, I know that. <laughs> what about Franzel's not here either? Yeah, that's surprising. surprising. Very surprising. I was hoping to see Oscar, but maybe he lost his here, foot. He's finally lost his feet. His feet. His feet due to diabetes. <laughs> Poor Francine. Oscar. Francine, the queen of extreme. Very. Still very beautiful. Yes, and very good at her job. She was a great, just bitch heel. Not mm-hmm. saying she's that. I'm saying like the character she portrayed, her and Shane together was great. Just being all shitty and everything, and like yeah, she was good. I've heard people say before, you know, when when ECW and WCW and shit closed, that she never, you know, she never went to the WWE. I don't know if she would have fit in that. She was in the WWE. Was she? When? Or, I mean, other than the one-night stands, was she ever in the main She was on ECW. Deal? Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah. Tommy right. Dreamer talks about it. He said he hired her, and then Vince looked at him and said, why would you hire somebody that looks like <laughs> Whatever, Vince. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess I that's... She really did a whole lot on TV, but she was there. Um, let's see here. Who else we got? Chris Masters. Chris, Chris Adonis. Chris Adonis is the guy like I was talking to you about earlier. Is when he was in WWE, he was entertaining because he had a good look and a good gimmick and everything like that. But he's he's much more talented than he was when he was in the WWE. I agree. I agree with that. Like I, when you saw the guy in WWE, you're like, ah, oh, he looks like a million bucks, but he's got two left feet. But I mean, he got good matches with Sean and stuff. Dirty animals. This, this, this is the one we're tying. It's not the dirty animals, it's the filthy animals. Jerry the King Muller cried when he saw it. He was here. Really? Because his son never refuses to sign anything that involves him. He doesn't want to do with it. He was a, or a promoter kind of held, held it over his head. Said, you're not getting paid unless you do this for this guy. I did the photography free to get this. That's and so amazing. he went through and he like marked pictures like that's me and and stuff. So his dad started to cry because he actually signed something and admitted that was his dad. Oh, that's really cool. So Jerry the Clown, and it was right after he, maybe six months after he committed suicide. And so he's crying because like I can't believe he actually signed something that makes my day. And I'm like, you can have it if you want it. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I said I understand, and I would understand. Shit, but my, my kid didn't sign my book. And like, There's one out there that he did. So I offered it to him. He said, no, you can take that. But he goes, you're nice. And he, like, I had a stack of books I wanted him to sign. It was going to be expensive. He's like, I'm signing all these for free. He goes, I'll pay the promoter. And so he, he like, JR's book, he just grabbed and signed it. Mm-hmm. And he was drawing pictures in it. He was just having a jolly old time. Oh, when I met him, he was totally cool. He's such a cool guy. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah, he's an awesome guy. What about JTG? Another one. Hardy, both Hardy Boys. Then uh, Gregory Hale, Gregory Helms, <laughs> he signed it, but Omega Wrestling, the ones they created since they were a kid, he was in it, I need Shannon Moore, but I'm also going to get Gangrel to sign it, the yeah. new Brood. I've got Adam, our Edge's book, to sign it to Brood. JTG. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> give it a minute. <laughs> anyway, uh, JTG, we talked about him when I was talking about rosters and stuff, if you remember. Mm-hmm. He's the same same kind of thing as what I was saying about Masters was, and he and he probably was better than, how do I say it, he was probably wrestling down to WWE at that time, but he's another guy that just has grown as a performer. grown as a performer, and he could have just kept doing the crime time thing. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, now nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my thing. And, um, honestly, part of it might be to do with the fact that he probably didn't want to keep doing the gimmick because of Shad. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I mean, he's just he's a guy that took his he he's in that group of guys that take their shit serious, and I, and I enjoy him. And he he's a guy that I think is like um, there's so many guys from the. 2000, let's say 2004 to 2010 era in WWE, especially WWE, 
that literally are just forgotten. Like they're gone. They're not in the yeah. business anymore. You know, your Mason Ryan's and it's people John like that. JTG is a guy that rose above that, yeah. became a better performer, and uh, doing a hell of a job now. Kevin Sullivan, I know you poke a little fun at Sully yeah, on the reliving the extreme. We, we do, he's a fucking legend. He's a fucking legend, and he was really cool. Um, he wasn't like super talkative, but I'm not a super talkative guy either. So I mean, he signed my shit. Um, he didn't charge me the the whole price because mm-hmm. I brought my own card. He was like, like the card, charged me ten instead of twenty, and. Told me to have a good day, so I got nothing bad to say about him. He didn't say, you want to spend the night together? Yeah, he didn't say you want to spend the night together or anything <laughs> like that, but... James Storm is a guy, he's here, James Storm is a guy that, uh, I think is probably better off that it didn't work out for him in WWE. Yeah. Look at the way they've used Bobby Roode. Yeah. He was just, I think he, I think he saw all that. He was like, nah. <laughs> I'll just keep doing my own thing, and I can respect that. I respect anybody that'll do their own thing. Yeah. Yeah. And he's not here yet, but I have to say, to be perfectly honest, as far as an act in professional wrestling goes, I know some people don't like that word, but for some characters it st- it works. The Boogeyman. Yeah, Boogeyman was awesome. Boogeyman is not uh, your uh, your Luthez. No, <laughs> or Bo- your... Boogeyman had the... Had the the shelf life that he was going to have in the WWE. And now, it's, he, now it's a character that he can go to shit like this, yep. work for five minutes, do absolutely nothing, and get paid a lot of money. I, th- I love characters like his when they get to the indie level because they become even... Like, the character originally was supposed to be menacing or whatever, and then they, they become this fun-loving... The fun-loving yeah, boogeyman. Fun-loving boogeyman. <laughs> He'll be here later, and I can understand why the boogeyman wouldn't want to be here the whole time. I can imagine sitting in this thing for 12 hours in that get-up. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's true. Yeah. Like a, there's lots of fur and shit on yeah, this thing. Plus the boogeyman shouldn't just be sitting at a table, like, waiting to get an autograph. But yeah, it, it's, it's a good time, people. It really is. I'm glad we're getting to do live wrestling and live concerts again. Even though if you are going to do stuff like this, I'm just going to say it. I hate to beat the dead horse, but you should be vaccinated first. Just to be safe. Just to be safe. If not, wear a fucking mask. Stop sneezing in people's mouths. (laughs) Freaks. Cut it out, you freaks. You freaks. (laughs) I do feel bad for some of the wrestlers, though. Yeah. Some of these fans, they got to stand there and just talk to them. Yeah, nod their head. Nod their head. Yes. That's how I feel. Like about I, the, that's how I feel about the conventions. I go up there, like I said, I go up there. Hello, you sign this for me. Thank you very much. Have a good day. I'm not gonna stand there and talk to them for 45 I, minutes because they don't give a fuck what I'm saying. Right. And plus, there's people behind you. And I will compliment. Like I, I will actually. Like when I met Super Crazy, I said your matches with Tajiri are some of my favorites ever. Short and simple. And he said, "Thank you, man." And that was that. Or when you're like me. I don't know, Aaron sees it. When you're like me, for some reason, the really old guys want to pull me in and actually keep talking to me. They don't do that to me. <laughs> you know, like, this is a, a transaction at this point. You're taking my money. I'm not going to play. I, I say, oh. I Bob, get it why some people want to. But. Bob, Bob Backlund knows more about me than I know about me, but that's because he wouldn't let me leave. Yeah. Thank you, Bob. Yeah. I appreciate it. I'm not complaining at all. Most fun, fun interaction I ever had was the rock and roll. That was a hoot. goddamn thing I've <laughs> ever had at any convention. They are, they are so if you ever get amazing. The opportunity to meet the Rock and Roll Express, do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Demolition was great, too. Demolition was cool. Bill Eady. Bill Eady talks to you like he's your kindly yeah. old grandfather. Bill Eady talks a little more than Barry Darso did. But, like, Darso was like, yeah, yep. Yeah, but uh, Edie, he was all about it. He knew where we were from. Like, he asked where we were from, told him he knew where that town and all that shit. So, yeah, I like Bill Edie. I think cool at dude. first, Bar- Barry Darso wanted to throw hands with us, though, about our... thought we were being disrespectful yeah, with our said, T-shirt. What's with, your, what's with your shirt? We can't so wrestle. Said, what's with your shirt? Can pen from milliseconds? Sure. And then uh, we, we explained it to him, and then he knew what was up. Yeah. 
Okay, so stories from the Heroes and Legends convention continue. Aaron, you got to tell everybody about your interaction with the headbangers, which also made me think of another topic. So we'll lead we'll lead with that and then go there. Okay. Um, I had the headbangers sign a card that was from the WWF Attitude Series. It's them hitting a move on Too Cold, but it's actually Too Cold's card, and they were giving me <laughs> shit about it. So I told them they don't even have a card. And it popped uh, the Pope. Yeah. Or, so, yeah, yeah, pop Pope. So I made a wrestler pop. It's not Chad Austin, so I feel like I accomplished, <laughs> something. accomplished something today. Yes. Yeah, making Chad Austin pop getting old anyway. Yeah. But uh, what it made me think of is the Headbangers, kind of a... I don't want to say forgotten to time tag team, but there's some of those teams and stuff from the mid-90s, before the Attitude Era hit, that kind of get forgotten about, you know, when they talk about the pantheon of talking about wrestlers and tag teams. Not not necessarily even tag teams, but like Furnace and LaFon, or Um, the, uh, I just think they they came around at a bad time I should say like they were they were still there during the Attitude Era but they I don't know Thrasher left for a while and they put that beaver cleavage shit on Mosh yeah, and, and I just think they were a good team that was in, in a in the middle of a bunch of good teams if that mm-hmm. makes sense like the, you got the headbangers but you're not gonna have the headbangers over the New Age Outlaws right or like the Acolytes, things like that. So I just think they were a good team, but they were just kind of... Nope. I was, it was interested on how they would have done in WCW, honestly. In the Russo time, or no, in before, the like, NWO time? Yeah, like 97, um, 98. Like, if, if Thrasher wouldn't have left, like, if they would have left together and went to, like, WCW. Mm-hmm. So I've thought about that. Another one, another team that's like that, to me, is the Godwins. Yeah. The Godwins. I mean, I know, I know. Mark Canterbury got, you know, his, his neck got fucked up, so he kind of stepped away. But they're another team that kind of gets forgotten, forgotten about when people talk about. It. They were a really good team. I like the Godwins. They were even good in uh, WCW. They were Shanghai Pierce and Tex last year. Yeah, <laughs> that was fun. Watching Boogeyman fuck with these kids. It's funny. <laughs> And the child is scared. We're watching the Boogeyman scare children. <laughs> Boogeyman just across the street from the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Once again, talented guys for what yeah. he, for what he is. You know what? He fucking owns it. <laughs> We're the bad kid. Thank y'all for coming out. <laughs> the boogeyman's the new Santa Claus. Yes. <laughs> all right. Sorry, I was distracted. By That's alright. That's alright. It's kind of hard to not be distracted by the 250-pound Jack Black dude with a painted red head and a big stick <laughs> yelling at children. Except. Except on the street corner in the city. That's just, oh, that's no, just that's, a thing. Yeah. Yeah. That would still be captivating. <laughs> Remember Batman? Toledo had a Batman. Yeah, Batman. Batman used to preach. He used to, <laughs> used to stand on, there was a guy in Toledo, Ohio, folks, that used to stand on the street corner and read the Bible verses dressed as Batman. I guess, you know, it's the gimmick, bro. you got to get people's attention, yeah. and then you, then you get them in for the message, I guess. All right, everyone, that is our excursion, the audio from our excursion to the Heroes and Legends Wrestling Show this past weekend in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Thank you for listening to that. Uh, Aaron and I had a blast, a great time meeting people, having some great conversations with listeners and potential future listeners. For those of you listening for the first time, go on back. We have lots of episodes in the archives for you to listen to here for the We Can't Wrestle podcast. And before we go, I would be remiss if I did not remind you to check out Reliving the Extreme 
our week-to-week evaluation of the history of ECW with ECW Zone Chad Austin. And you can reach out to Chad at Chad Austin DeMera on Twitter and Chad's Video Vault on Facebook. Also, want to remind you, if you haven't yet, check out the WrestleNet Radio app. Download the WrestleNet Radio app from the Google Play Store in your Android phone. Or if you have Apple, because the App Store is it is what it is as far as getting the app on Apple, you can open the station in your Safari browser anytime, anywhere, using the uh, the URL tiny www.tinyurl.com slash WrestleNetRadio. Very easy. It is 24-7, 365 professional wrestling talk with episodes of this show, Reliving the Extreme, The Virtual Asylum, The Tornado Tag Podcast. We have original shows there like Slice of Time, If You Smell What the Arch is Cooking, Maximum Gold, uh, The Year That Was, lots of stuff to listen to on WrestleNet Radio. So with that being said, everyone, I will shut up and let you get on with your day. And thank you again for listening to the We Can't Wrestle podcast, and we'll see you next week.